0: mm-hmm welcome to diary of an ex-ho I'm Sherry Hardman I'll be your ex-ho and today's guest is Izzy Berger so sit back enjoy the podcast and remember the old saying always a bride'smaid when you're a ho. yeah
1: All right I love your lipstick Thank you it's that wonder stain lipstick on the off of Instagram where you put it on it dries and it stays for like 12 hours it's the best thing that ever happened to me it's wow. the it it doesn't come off, and the the colors are really good. If I ever had a sponsorship, I'd I, that's who I'd want. I mean, what's know. it called? Like, what's the brand? Um, it's it's called okay. So it's Wonderblading. Let me see. Maybe get up and find. Like, this is the thing.
0: Um, this is the important stuff right here. Is the good No, look.
1: yeah, I think we could change lives with this. Actually, if the rest of the podcast is garbage, if I can turn one person onto this magic lipstick,
0: <laughs> it um, looks beautiful
1: if you just look up wonder blading permanent or a lipstick stain it will okay. pull it up and it's in a white bottle and it comes in like 12 shades and some of them are more uh like this one's like really matte it's got a lot of color but then they have some that are kind of like a little hint of color they're not as you know bright or whatever but i mean
0: they don't it doesn't come off that would be lovely because i love to wear red lipstick but you know I'm 62 years old so i get a little bleeding you know no cracks and then it looks sloppy and i hate that so oh no this is
1: going to hook you up it's going to change your life and also i can't believe you're 62 good good going holy
0: cow yeah all right so izzy burger is that what you go by yes ma'am all right is that your like real name or is that like a stage is. name I mean, or... uh, my uh my legal name is elizabeth
1: burger uh but uh Izzy's just a nickname I've had for a really long time but Burger is actually my my real last name.
0: Well it's cute and it's like a it's catchy, you know.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. It it's grown on me. It wasn't a wasn't the best name to have when you were like a kid. You know, like going to a new school and you got to like make new friends and you're like I'm Izzy Burger and they're like, "Oh, yeah. I bet you fucking are." Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, don't sit at our table.
0: <laughs> All right, and are you a stand-up? Do you do stand up?
1: Right now, I'm a uh, I'm a full time stand up comedian. I live in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, which is sort of a, a middle sized city for North Carolina. So I do a lot of traveling. I drive all over.
0: Do- uh, you're not from from North Carolina, though. I am. Are you really? You don't have. I any am. Accent.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I tried to I tried to lose it as, as good as I could the first time when I was growing up here. I hated being from the south so much i was so ashamed of it so i tried really hard not to appropriate
0: my grandma lived in hickory oh okay yeah so i made one little trip down there as a teenager i liked it down there but you know
1: hickory's beautiful that's by the mountains i'm all the way on the other end i'm down on the uh the coast Mm. gotta drive through a bunch of hog farms to get to me
0: Well, that makes it sound really appealing. It it's a destination. <laughs> okay. So I don't know you. We've just, we're just meeting right now. And um, so I'm excited to, to get to know you and I'm just going to start asking you questions. Um, you can answer what you, is there anything that you don't want me to ask? Not really. I'm okay. pretty open. All right. And then I'll also let you know that, uh, I usually edit within 24 hours. So within the next 24 hours, if you start tossing and turning and thinking, I should not have said that, just let me know and I'll take it out. Cause I don't want, I don't want anyone to be mortified by something that they've said, you know, um, that's very nice of you. A lot
1: of, a lot of pot, they don't give you that on some podcasts. They don't give you that that grace period to have a
0: panic attack. Yeah. Well, um, I, I know because I've had to cut mostly the stuff out of myself that I cut out is just me like looking stupid. Like, um, what should I ask you now? <laughs> I cut those out and make me look good, but, uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about your childhood, mostly like, uh, like your, are your parents together? Were they together when you were growing up or?
1: They were together until I was three. And then they they decided it was probably better to to part ways, so i was i was I was pretty young when they uh when they split up. but I was born uh in Massachusetts where my dad was from, and then they moved down here with me when I was a baby to be closer to my mom's people uh-huh. and uh so that's kind of how I got down here. and I think I don't think it was very long after they got down here that they realized it wasn't gonna was it gonna work out?
0: So did they have joint custody, or were you just with mom or?
1: Uh, I think my dad would have probably liked to have more custody. He had a, a little bit of a, a substance abuse problem. They kind of they kind of both, kind of uh, but my dad was the one, you know, there's always kind of one that's just more overt. And so he ended up going to like a treatment facility for a while. So that kind of, I think maybe took him out of the running for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting half custody of me. So I stayed with my mom most of the time and then, when he, he got clean and he got out and he uh, remarried this woman who had like just a brood of children, just a litter. And so he all of a sudden kind of had this like new family that, uh you know, and then she kind of took him for a ride and, you know, uh-huh.
0: uh, so
1: actually, and he died when I was 11 uh, and he'd gotten clean. He turned his whole life around, and things were kind of looking good for old Mark Berger. And then just he just had some kind of an embolism or something. It was some kind of like freak uh-huh. thing, and it kind of yeah. So it's kind you know it's kind of a sad story, but I did enjoy uh, the times that I did get to spend with him because he was uh, you know number one he was a Yankee, and he was one of the only Yankees I knew because we moved down here, and I didn't uh-huh. meet a lot of people like my dad. And you know he would you know, he'd go into a restaurant and they didn't give him the right, you know, kind of food. He'd get kind of, kind of aggro. He was kind of like a, like a Boston street guy, like, hey! right. you know, so it was kind of cool following him around like a little dog, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, but no, he was a character. My dad was a character and my mom's just kind of Southern. Kind of just, you know. Did she remarry? She did. She remarried and they had another kid. So I've got a baby brother who is uh actually getting married this month, which is a freaking mind fuck. Like uh-huh. I remember when he was, you know, right. baby. Well, did so, they? Uh, so, so they're still married. Your mom? They and- are. Yeah, my mom and her husband. They they seem to be doing pretty good. They're uh, they got into RVing for a while. My my stepdad had a couple of boats which he sank. They they got into boating and he kept sinking them or something. So they they don't do that anymore. Uh. Well, you know they just. Do. I think they play golf. They like you know suburban people things. I don't know. Right, right. How old? were you when they got married? I think I was eight when my mom married my stepdad. Okay. About eight.
0: All right. And did they like? Did you feel like they were like a positive role model for what a a coupledom should look like?
1: Oh no, I hated him. I still hate him. I I still had me I still hate my stepdad. <laughs> Hey, no, he's a horrible person.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, he makes her happy. They seem happy or whatever, but you know, like you know, if you were gonna have to have any replacement for your dad, like you just don't want it to be this like redneck. he's you know, just kind of like kind of good old boy. You know, he likes drinking beer, and uh, I was kind of an odd kid you know, I was like a theater kid and I was into like drag queens and shit. I was in weird shit. Uh-huh. This was the nineties before it was cool. And, uh, he just didn't know like what the fuck to do about, right. like to make of me or something. So there was just a lot of like, there wasn't a lot of approval, like, Oh, I love you no matter what you are. It was just more kind of like, why are you like that? Why are oh. you, you know?
0: Well, uh, yeah. you were misunderstood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. I think, I think it's good. I had a strong enough kind of a personality that I,
0: I just didn't didn't know. give a shit, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um there comes a time, I guess, I think in all of us, and it's different for different people, and you might interpret it differently than I mean it, where where there's kind of a sexual awakening, like you realize, hey, wait a minute, these people in this world have been doing something that I didn't even know existed. Like, do you remember like when you first had that in whatever form it might take?
1: I mean, yeah, in one way, yeah. I have a very specific answer for part of that. I remember the first time I ever got turned on, like mm-hmm. that I ever, I ever got horny. And it was, we took a field trip in school and I can't remember what grade it is. It might've been like the fourth grade or something. And mm-hmm. they take all the kids and they take them to the symphony. And so we're in this big fancy theater and they've got the velvet seats. and we took the bus, and we rode in. And then I had never like seen that many kind of instruments, like musical instruments there together. And when they all started playing together, it was like loud and it was kind of an echo chamber and it just vibrated all over this auditorium. And I got turned on, but I didn't really realize what that was. So I kind of spent the rest of the time, like kind of like moving around on that velvet kind of like this is whatever. But it was, it was, I don't know whether it was the music and I can be like a you know, music snob, like, oh, that was my sexual awakening to the <laughs> orchestra. But it could have been anywhere. Could have been an Arby's, you know, like maybe that's just where it happened. I don't know. But uh yeah, I definitely remember that. That was the first time of being like, oh, that's what, you know, that's what this is. Um I don't know. I didn't have a lot of like Parental guy, like my mom would kind of let me watch whatever I wanted. She didn't like me to watch The Simpsons because Bart Simpson was rude to his mom. And he would tell her, like, don't have a cow. And she, she didn't think that was cool. So she wasn't cool with that. I couldn't watch Married with Children, but I could watch any horror movie I wanted as long as there were no like titties on the cover. If the woman was wearing like Daisy Duke's, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was out because you could see underboob on the cover. Uh But if it was, if it was a movie that had a lot of sex in it, but it wasn't on the cover, my mom was fine. She wasn't like trying to watch the movies. So I saw a lot of real adult, like material, Uh real young. Uh, I went in for the monsters, but I came out like trying to find the, just looking for movies that I feel like would have a sex scene, like going through the video rentals and just Uh kind of like, all right, this looks like a gritty crime drama, but this chick's wearing kind of like her shirts kind of, oh, he's probably going to have sex with her in this. I want Uh this one. (laughs) I'm into the crime drama now
0: do you remember like one that um you know like a mainstream movie that had a a erotic sex scene that you really enjoyed or go back to nine and
1: a half weeks came on when it was uh when it went on on like hbo you know back you know when that was like a big deal when like a and i saw i caught it i caught it i was riveted I mean I the the like the the food scene. I didn't
0: realize that was a thing right, that could be done. Right, right, and it's funny because I I always loved that movie and found it very erotic, till I got a little bit older and then I watched it again with different eyes and I was like, oh this is not healthy at all. The whole, no, he's you know.
1: so toxic. Like he's so awful. And then uh, I don't know. I just kind of think about Mickey Rooney now. Or Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. God, what if it was Mickey Rooney? Whole different movie. No, I just <laughs> think about I think about Mickey Rourke now, and it just I can't.
0: Right. I can't. Just yeah. such a.
1: Yeah, but I mean, there yeah. was a lot of the Red Shoe Diaries. Remember that one? Like the. Uh, no. Like a, uh. like it was like Tales from the Crypt, except it was like sex tales. Like oh, he meets the oh. woman in a cafe, and she's like a spy or whatever, and then they just like fuck the whole time. But it was like art. They tried to make it art house.
0: <laughs> huh okay let's see just any celebrity crushes when you were younger
1: brendan Fraser in encino man roger daltrey in the who's tommy for some reason him being blind was just hot as shit to me just him helpless and kind of you know <laughs> um i mean there were a lot I'm trying to try to okay like early on early on crushes I've actually Brendan Fraser and Paulie Shore the whole spectrum of of the man yeah I just I thought both of those were, were pretty good um yeah I don't know like famous movie I did I thought Tom Cruise was cute in like one movie and then I saw him in another movie and I was like, ew, I don't like him. I can't remember what the movie I saw, but like I did remember like a six month period where I was like, ew, Tom Cruise. And he was you know, cute so and
0: risky now. business. He was cute and risky business.
1: That was the one where uh, like he's he's house sitting the house and then he has the, yeah, okay, yeah. Then he Rebecca and Rebecca,
0: Rebecca Mornay Mar- on the train.
1: Oh, she was great. She was in yeah. the, uh, with with the hand that rocks the cradle. Uh huh. Yeah, Where she's like the psycho nanny. Oh, that was so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's good. Okay, what is your definition of amazing sex?
1: Uh how to how to respond and not sound like a sn- like a snob? Like, because I'm going to sound like one of those people. The best sex is like in your head. It's like intellectual. But I don't want to come across as one of those like, man, I have smart person sex. But no, there's got to be something kind of like intellectually engaging. And whether that's like the circumstance, like it's a little like, you know, there's something kind of ironic or yeah, there's something or you just have such a connection with the person that it makes it like interesting. So there's sort of like a narrative. It isn't just like, let's go grind gears in this room and let's do it in here. I don't know if there's almost sort of like a little like a challenge, but I don't know, just something that like, you know, like exercise is more fun when there's a game behind it. You know, no one likes to just exercise. Like I want something to kind of think about
0: in terms of the sex. Okay. So that leads me to think you might like, like riskier things. I
1: do, but I'm also a coward. So I (laughs) (laughs) don't engage in it as much as I, I could. I've got three good stories, but no, yeah, I do. Like that idea of kind of like, you know, like banging in a movie theater. Like, oh, that's, you know, that's
0: fun. That's fun, you know? All right. Okay, well, you going to tell me your three good stories? Oh, God. All right, well. Or one of your three good stories? Well, I've got a, I've got, actually have
1: a 9-11 story. Okay. I was gonna save that, but I don't know. I guess I could like throw that out. I'm
0: just we're going wherever we want to go, but that just came up. Let's do it.
1: Sure. So I was like, it was one of my first jobs, and I'd moved away from the south and I was living in the Midwest. I'm not gonna say where I was living because I don't want to out myself and I was working for a very large hotel chain as a uh, night audit, like you stay up all night and you run the numbers or something. But uh, I was a teenager and I was doing a lot of cocaine and I did not care about what I was actually supposed to do with the job. So I basically did nothing like I didn't I was fired like within three months, but I would just kind of push the same button on the computer over and over again until it stopped flashing. I'm like, OK, fine. And then I watch TV. So anyway, so I was on one of my uh, co-binge nights where I just stay up in the hotel all night and I didn't do anything. And then uh, so I I was supposed to get off at like 10 in the morning. Like I went all night. And around like a few hours before I'm supposed to get off, people start like coming into the lobby and they're like, fuck, they're sad. They're like crying and shit. And I didn't think to ask what was wrong, you know, like you work in a hotel and someone comes in and they're crying. You don't want to ask them what's wrong. Cause you're going to hear about it. You probably right. don't, you really don't want to. So like, uh, you know, it kind of happened like a few times that I just kind of noticed there was this vibe, but I wasn't watching TV. There weren't cell phones. There wasn't social media. I didn't, you know, I was just kind of in my own world and I was actually having kind of a good day. Like, I, I don't know. I was kind of in a good mood. And, uh, And then finally somebody comes in and they just look like they've been crying their eyes out. And I think the way I said it was like, "Eh, what's wrong with you? Like I was, I was just such a dick about it. And they're like, do you not know? Do you not know what's happening? And I said, no. And then they told me, and I was like, oh my God. And then I was hit with that wave of uh, patriotic that we all felt at that very moment. Like, no matter who you are, like, you can be like, communist as shit but that one second after you found out that the towers fell you're like oh america so i was all kind of up in that and then um you know and so then it was weird and people kept coming in and every time a new person would come in like we'd talk about it and it was just bizarre i didn't have any family or friends there so i didn't really have anyone to like call i was very isolated and then a couple of boys came in and they were they had arm. like they were army like army guys come in Mm. and you could tell that they were probably going to ship them out right away like they must have been the first you know wave they were already going somewhere and one of them was just cute hot just very very hot and i loved my country so much at that point in time that I took that boy back into one of the housekeeping rooms that they would use to like store the clean and I just fucked the shit out of him. Fucked the shit out of him. I did all I did all the things. I did things that I I like I'd never done before and I tried to act like I was an expert. Like I'm gonna sex this guy so good. But I wasn't like that experienced but I really tried and <laughs> it was good. And I think I I think I did my you know I think I did my duty for God and country that day because he seemed, you know, I think I think I did okay. But um, I just I've never like sucked a dick, and in my head been thinking about how much I love America. Like that's a, <laughs> I, not something right? that's like ever gonna happen. I don't think I'm ever gonna have that happen, you know. Again, um, so yeah, that was like that was like one of the hottest. Like I don't know if it'll ever get. So it's like I have to wait for another national tragedy, really, to get off. I guess to like, get off. That <laughs> to get that level of
0: fervor going yeah. on,
1: right? That's what I need. I need. I need tragedy. National tragedy. To come
0: (laughs) well there's probably going to be something pretty soon so get ready
1: i know i was kind of thinking the aliens landing was going to be a bigger deal so i could get some pity sex out of that you know when they start shooting people with lasers maybe someone will fuck me before you know the world ends i don't know so are you single i am i'm divorced which you can probably tell by the like i'm gonna die alone sort of vibe about me like this I don't care I'm yeah yeah." but uh yeah I am two years divorced now so that's fun Mm. Uh, big bucket of chuckles but I'm still kind of like uh we were married for seven years
0: yeah that was a seven year mark is a it's a hard one to get over my husband and I we've only been married 13 and we hit the seven year mark and we almost bit it but we we made yeah, it I mean, through it's, and it's all good now, but there is something about seven years.
1: No, that's, it's the test, you know, and I kind of, I kind of had a feeling before then that it wasn't like, it didn't take me the whole seven years to figure it out. You know, I kind of around, maybe around year two was like, Ugh, I might've fucked up. Um, So yeah, but definitely around that kind of, that's when you just stop. I think your brain can only hold seven years of, of bullshit at once before you have to dump that data and then reprocess
0: <laughs> How is your, uh, how's your body image? Oh, I hate myself.
1: I hate, I have, I think I have, I, 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 I try not to, like, I have a therapist, but I don't talk about my body image issues. Cause I, I'm pretty sure they just lock me up or they would put me on like lithium or something. I'm pretty sure. Like I, I have the worst body image of myself, but it almost, it's almost kind of to the point where I've come out the other side that it's like i've transcended the idea of personal beauty standards and like i just think i'm cool or whatever because i'm getting older now so it's like but when i was like in my 20s and in in a beach town where all the girls were blonde and they had giant tits and they were all you know like and i did not look like that there wasn't really anyone around me to be like no you're pretty the way you are like there was just a kind of a lot of like man you should maybe look like that you know maybe Maybe the reason your life isn't so great is because you don't look like one of those girls. So I, I've really internalized that. And uh, so thank God I'm a stand up comic because like 80% of my material is just the kind of self deprecation that if you heard your friends saying it, you'd maybe want to like take them some, you know, but like, when, but I think people are refreshed to hear that kind of madness vocalized in like a humorous way because we've all had those thoughts about ourselves. And so I just embrace it.
0: <laughs> I, I hear you. Uh, my new thing is that every time I look in the mirror, I go, oh, I'm so ugly. Like I say it every time. And then my husband, goes, you're not ugly. You know, I'm not trying to get anyone to say that. It's just uh, involuntary. That's the age. I see it in the mirror and it comes out every time. Yeah. And it's like, it's like reflexive. And, you know, and then so it's like, I have the one instinct of me because
1: it's another person and I can see you like, you're gorgeous. Like, oh my God, like your hair and your proportion, like you've got fabulous skin. Like there's so many things about you that are like exquisite. And I can see that from the outside, but then I also completely 100% understand that sort of like ugly. It's like a visceral thing. It's like, it's not just like, I don't look a certain way. It's almost like a whole vibe. It's like a whole flavor of just kind of like meh. Like, this is not what I look like in my head or what I
0: looked like five years ago, even. Aging is a bitch, man. It really is awful. Anyway, this is not about me, but, you know, I get it. All right. uh, Do you have a sexual bucket list or have you done everything that you've ever wanted to do? Uh, For once in my life, I'd like to
1: have sex with a man that was smarter than me. I think that's it. I think I've done all the rest of the things. I would actually like to have sex with a bag of guy that I feel is smarter than me. Hmm. Haven't found it yet. And it's not that I don't think men are smart, just only dumb guys fuck me. Maybe you should hang out at mensa meetings. I know I should. I'd have to get a I'd have to get a better wardrobe for that. They don't let me in looking like this. They don't <laughs> let me in.
0: Uh, all right um let's see I think I, do you have any sexual regrets oh yeah so
1: many I mean so I think we all do I mean I guess if you don't have any regrets maybe you didn't like try too hard I mean you got to have some you know whatever I uh I do i I when I first moved when after I was divorced and I was on that kind of rebound you know feeling real bad about yourself and Loop to loop. I uh, I hooked up with a with another comic, which is a no no. I know, I know. I was so vulnerable and stupid and stupid. You know, I was, I was, I had divorce brain. And uh so, like the minute I got into town, you know, you start going to the clubs or whatever. And this one just fucking asshole, just you know, I think you're real special. And of course, I like just ate it up, hook, line, and sinker. And then so we ended up like fucking for a little while. And then he kind of threw me aside and then, but unfortunately like kind of for him, like most of the women that he, cause it's kind of a pattern, he'll like fuck them and throw them aside, but they're not like comedians and they're not like better than him. So he tried to kind of like, oh, no one wants you here now. And I was like, oh, nay, nay, but I will be here because this is, I didn't come here to fuck you. I came here to to do comedy. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. So now I'm just a thorn in this guy's side. And I just keep showing up and just being wherever he is. And just kind of a reminder of like, hey, you're a bag of shit. You're a total, total bad person. Yeah, so it's good. It's, it's almost like, it feels like I'm I'm every time I show up and I kill and I walk out of that place and the audience is just like, you know, real, real proud of me. I feel like another hair falls out of the back of his head. You know, sleep real good that night.
0: That's awesome. What is your um Instagram handle so people could follow you?
1: Oh my gosh. okay, so number one, please don't judge my poor social media following. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, it is dance for Grandma at Instagram <laughs> and then uh, I'm on Facebook just under my name. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna like keep doing Facebook or whatever or like make a professional page kind of weird having my personal page and then I'm starting to mix my business stuff in with it. So I get like creepers who come to my gigs, like messaging me. And I think I'm talking to my aunt and
0: I'm just, you know, it's just weird. So. Right. How long have you been doing comedy?
1: Uh, 20, well, I started doing comedy more than 20 years ago, uh, full-time just doing comedy. It's been probably like three or four years like solid, but then I did it like in my past, I tried to dip my toe in. But the thing is, it's like, you really have to be in the right place at the right time. And you have to have a whole bunch of time to dedicate to just doing it. And I always worked in the entertainment industry as like, I was an actor and a scenic artist. So I always kind of had other gigs going on. So I never really got a chance to like get entrenched in the comedy world, which I think was a great way to do it because I never got too sucked down into the politics Mm -hmm. of comedy I never like uh you know I didn't have like a lot of like bad experiences or like whatever so it was just it was still I didn't get jaded about it like a lot of people that do it for like just do nothing but comedy for 20 years and it just doesn't you know go where they want it to go and then they're bitter and they're all broken down because comedy is just like it's a horrible, horrible life. It's a horrible lifestyle. Like you have to really love it because the people are bad. They're, they're, they don't treat each other well, you know? Um, so yeah. So I always, so comedy was always kind of like my safe space. I hate to even use that, but like, it was always the thing if I was doing a play and I just, the play was lame. I could always go find an open mic, go do some, you know, meet a few people, do a showcase. And then I could peace out. I didn't have to, you know, worry about climbing or, what comic was getting the spots that I thought I deserved, you know, I never felt competitive for other comedians because I was always just kind of there. Cause I wanted to be. And then, uh, you know, when the, when the pandemic hit, there weren't a lot of opportunities. So I started like this online trivia company, which was just basically me doing standup, like basically just me doing sets and then like trivia in between. And then, uh, I just kind of realized like, I think I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. Like, why, why am I going to keep doing things that I don't love as much? And I keep coming back to this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so this is just what I do all the time now. I think I've disappointed a lot of people that, you know, like, oh, you know, could have been a writer, or like an actor, you know, something that has a little more like, I think, class about it.
0: You know. Yeah, but, you know, if you got the comedy bug, it's just really hard to not do it.
1: Uh, Plus, I feel like the art form is dying. I mean, we're going to have like, there's always going to be actors. There's always going to be people that are like good at, I didn't like pretending to be someone I wasn't too. That was weird about being an actor, like constantly being praised for like, wow, you really like, convince me you were this whole other person and after a while like you meet enough sociopaths and you start saying like I don't think this is a trait that I want to be praised for I don't want to be known as the person that can be other people like that's kind of (laughs) creepy I'm going to do that for a living so uh you know comedy I can just be myself I can say what I want I can dress how I want I can look like a lunatic you know
0: I know your hair is interesting
1: why thank you it was a it was a mistake that I've learned to live with So I I had hair like real long hair and I kind of was like, I want to be, you know, I'm going to be the punk I always want to be. And so I kind of messed it up during the pandemic and I had to have it, had to have it fixed.
0: It's interesting. I like it. It, uh, it, it has its own personality in some ways, but then that just adds to your personality because you've got a big personality, which I love. I love a woman with a big personality. Thank God there's just not enough of us.
1: They try so. to knock us down they try to t- they try to make it make us feel like that's a bad thing to be you got to be
0: demure you got to be quiet and helpful you know this is one thing that i i don't know if you're uh what your comedy's like because i haven't seen you but they they call me a dirty comic all right but the other so for the other night where I'm in a competition some other guy gets up he says the word pussy he talks about uh Period blood and all this other stuff. I just mentioned menopause and I am what I'm raunchy. But he has a reputation as a clean comedian. And it's like it's frustrating, the double standard. It's like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what he's doing or with what I'm doing. But why, if a man says it, it's clean. And if I say it, it's raunchy. And yeah. I don't use I, mean, I don't use any. I I call it a vagina, like you should, you know, I just, I, I'm really frustrated by that right now.
1: Well, I'm sorry that, I mean, okay, number one, that's cray, like, that's stupid, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry that happened, I feel like if that would have also happened to me, I also would still be butthurt about it, and I would probably be telling you about it, because that's like, I don't, men, And I don't know why. And I would love to know why. And I could spend a million hours thinking about it. Men love to censor and control the content levels of what women say to a degree that I feel like it must have something to do with not just with their views on women. It must be something about them as well. Like there's no way that they could have they could that they could be, cause it, it could be people that I wouldn't expect. Like, it's not some guy that's like, hey baby, hey honey, like you can see those guys coming. But sometimes it'll be a guy that like, treats you with respect for the most time, kind of just treats you like an equal. And then all of a sudden you get up there. Cause I am a filthy comic. Like I will, uh, I'm I'm one of the dirtiest just comedians. I know male, female, I don't, you know, but that's, and that's sort of, you know, my vibe and there are gigs that I don't take and, and I can work clean and it's just not as fun. But I have people come up to me. I've had people say, women shouldn't say that. Um, And instead of saying like, now the new thing is like, instead of saying like what you said was fucked up or it was too graphic, they'll say, oh, that was really dark or it was really edgy. Like they're just putting new words on the same kind of shit where it is like, my theory is that men tell jokes to get laid it's just like playing music. Why there's not a lot of good female guitarists because men don't teach women how to play the guitar because they play the guitar to get pussy. And if we know how to play the guitar, we might not be so enamored when some douchebag pulls out a Gibson and starts playing three chords. We might not want to fuck him if we know how to play the guitar too. So I think that's why they don't like funny women because I, because being, being funny is a turn on. And when you're an ugly dude and you can't pull any puss, but you're funny, you can maybe get that girl. But when When a woman's in the room and she's funnier than any man in the room, it's like it hurts them. It hurts them. It hurts their soul. It makes them, you can see it emasculating them just every time people laugh at you. And it's just, it's such a pattern with so many different men that I meet that I'm beginning to think it's either a conspiracy or there's some, I don't know, but it's just, it's so visceral. They want to control what we say. So I I just, maybe it's insecurity, but I, I think it all just comes back to like, Women need to be available to fuck, you know? That why are you, you know, we don't want you to make us laugh. We want you to sit there and enjoy our art and tell us we're amazing artists and then fuck us for congratulations.
0: <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah, do so, yeah, you, you ever get up this way? to be here. Do you ever get up this way? No, but I want
1: to get up everywhere. God, you know I want out on every excuse I can to get out of this town I live in. I'd love to travel. You know, I'm talking to some people in a few different parts of the country just about maybe coming up and doing some shows in the future. So yeah, I would be totally down to travel.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm looking into putting together a tour or something like that. So maybe we can at least meet up somewhere or do something together. So. Oh.
1: God, that would be fabulous. You should watch my clips uh, first just to make sure I don't suck. You know, I'm just not like a big talker. And then you watch my clips. I'm just not funny at all. And you're like, oh,
0: God, this girl, bless her heart. I will. I will definitely watch some of your <laughs> stuff. But I'm sure that you don't suck. Because you made me laugh during here. So uh, this is going to be out Wednesday. Okay. Do you have anything coming that you want to promote?
1: I mean, I have shows here in North Carolina. I don't know if anybody's gonna, you know, if I have anything big to report, I've got a yeah, I'll be at Charlie Goodnight or uh sorry, Goodnights. It's called Goodnight Time. I'll be at Goodnight's Comedy Club on Tuesday. Um, so uh
0: hosting. All right. Um any other last minute dirty stories you wanna tell before we go? Um
1: uh, if any men are listening, please stop sending women pictures of your penises. Please stop. Please stop. We don't want them. No, no one ever wants them. No one wants it. Yeah. No one wants it. Nobody wants it. No. Nope. I, right. I don't want penises. I don't want pictures of penises. You know, like so. The difference.
0: My cat All just right. jumped on me. I know. It's a boy or girl? It's a girl. She's very cute. I didn't want to misgender her so oh no she doesn't she doesn't give a shit
1: but uh yeah thanks for thanks for ruining the podcast squishy now my mom's never going to work again okay thanks you ruined my career uh i'll starve her it's fine don't worry about it
0: okay all right well thank you very much it's been a lot of fun talking to you and uh i'll i'm sure we'll be in touch after this because i want to be friends so
1: yeah just send me an all email right. and, and talk to me anytime i had so much fun good night sherry all right,
0: all right bye-bye
1: Bye, thank you